Hello everybody, I'm Nick, host of the Beer Got Me Here podcast. This episode marks the first of hopefully many in the collaborative episodes with Rolling Hops Beer Tours. For Andy and Garrett, the first on their list was to chat with beer sommelier Doug and head brewer Peter, the co-owners of People's Pint Brewing Company, located in the Junction neighborhood of Toronto, Ontario. Our guests share with us the history of People's Pint, their respective histories and roles in the brewery, and some casual banter throughout. Beer Got Me Here podcast presents episode one of the Rolling Hops Beer Tour series. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of our Beer Got Me Here podcast with Garrett and myself, Andy, from the Rolling Hops Beer Tours, coming at you from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So we have a great one for you today. We have a few guests from one of our favorite craft breweries in Toronto. Um, These individuals are from a brewery called People's Pint. So People's Pint Collective began in 2015. In its infancy, the brewery did not have a home of its own and relied on partner breweries who allowed them to brew under their licenses. However, in 2018, People's Pint took over 90 Cothra Avenue on January 1st of that year in uh, this location being perhaps our favorite inside of our favorite neighborhood, The Junction. And after a great deal of hard work, People's Pint Brewing Company opened its doors to the public on March 16th. 2018. So since its inception, People's Pint works very hard to create amazing beers whilst simultaneously advocating for social justice and equality. So without further ado, I'd like to give a warm welcome to Master Beer Sommelier and co-owner Doug Appledorn and head brewer and co-owner Peter Kyra. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us today. Um, I guess maybe we could start things off by asking Doug, maybe you to go first. Can you give us just a little bit of information about you and, and People's Pint? Well, uh, thanks for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. One of the main reasons I got into this whole thing is I actually love talking about beer. One of my other passions is teaching as a, a Prudhomme instructor. Um, I really do love talking about beer. I love um, you know, the concepts, the history, everything about it. And, you know, it was one of those kind of things that I, I love to brew as well. Uh, so it was, uh, you know, it was a great motivator for me. And I, at, you know, the second I took my first uh, Prudhomme course, I'm like, I'm going to open a brewery one day. And uh, it took a while, but, you know, I got there. That was, uh, that was, oh boy, that was uh, almost uh, 11 years ago when I first took my, my, my first Prudhomme course, but uh, it's been a long road, but uh Learned a lot, still learning, and uh, really enjoy really enjoy what I do. Amazing. Maybe I will throw that exact question at you, Peter. Maybe give us just the Coles notes on you and the beer world. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess it, it started um, for me just with a passion for for great beer. I think I discovered um, a friend of mine had had traveled to Germany a couple of times and. He uh, he kept talking about this um, 
Weiss beer. And, the, you know, it tasted like banana and this weird stuff. This is a long time ago, you know, like this is probably in like 98, 99, something like that. And uh, a couple of years later, he, he called me, he said, the LCBO has this beer that I've been talking about for so long. It was Hackershore, Hackershore Hefeweiss. And when I, when I tried that beer, it, it really opened my mind to what, um, beer really is and I started to research it and eventually um, I think one one day my wife came home I don't think she was my wife at the time <laughs> but she came home with uh, with a kit it was like a little Brooklyn brew shop kit mm-hmm. and uh, it was just this one gallon all grain kit and so I studied and studied I didn't want to screw it up and uh, we made this beer and it turned out pretty good and so I just kept making recipes and diving into what makes great beer um and uh at some point i met doug we had this sort of uh thing going and uh and we opened a brewery it's really um (laughs) really kind of a blur it's kind of a blur now um you know looking back and i and i don't like to look back that that far because I found that, it, especially lately, looking forward is is so much better. But I appreciate, you know, the nostalgia of of, of where we came, and and I guess uh, the name, you know, beer brought me here is really appropriate. It really did. Uh, it took over my life, really, um, in terms of, you know, like hobby sort of, you know, section of of my life. And um, I met so many great people through it, and uh, I'm. I couldn't be happier doing what uh, what I'm passionate about doing for a living. It's great. That's fair. He, he's really good at it too. So he's oh, thanks. <laughs> he, he's kind of modest, but he's really good at what he does. That also helps, right? Yeah, it goes really a long good. way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're also passionate. That's great. It's, <laughs> that, it's such a great. It's great to hear that because you don't get that. Or at least maybe stereotypically, you don't get that in, in anyone's career, right? Sometimes people just you know, slaves to the grind, they get their, their paycheck however they need to. But when you're actually doing something that you love, uh, I feel like that doesn't come around very often. So it's, it's always nice to shine some light on those stories. Um, maybe I'll step in just a bit, of, a, a little bit, Peter, because I like what you mentioned, you know, uh, there is something to be said about the past, but there is very much a lot to look forward to. And I think we're going to get to that a little bit later on. We have some questions um, we'd like to ask you guys, just for, you know, how, how things have, have um, um, I don't know, kind of panned out for people's plan and where they're going. But I know you mentioned you you had that that beer kit. What was the first beer that you brewed? I don't, I don't, maybe I didn't hear if you mentioned it. Oh, I didn't. Uh, again, it was a, a Brooklyn brew shop, uh, one gallon kit. It was their everyday IPA. They called it. Uh, okay. So it was like an English IPA. My my I first think... brew was uh, one of those Cooper's extract syrups. I don't know if you've ever seen those. I don't even know if they still make them, but it it oh, was a brown do. it was a brown do they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I've only ever used it once, and I I brewed it once, and um it was a brown ale, and I can tell you that it was not a very good beginning for me. Uh, it was a terrible beer. Uh, not not because of the kit. It had nothing to do with the kit. It was just I did not know what I was doing, and I have kept one bottle from that brew. I still have it to this day. It has the number one on it because I had high hopes that this would be the very first beer that I would brew 
you know, and go on to brew bigger and better things. Um, I keep that bottle as a reminder to myself that, you know, you have to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Keeping the first bottle, right? That's, that's, that's super cool. Um, you probably should have done that at some point. Okay. I don't I'm, think yeah. I ever want to open it and drink no. it because it's probably <laughs> disgusting, but, you know, it's there. Just it's a symbol. Of- sentimental i'm interested to know when it comes to brewing at home because i've been looking into getting like a five gallon kit but the only ones that are available right now is the one gallon because it seems like covid everybody wants to brew their own beer now because i was looking a few months ago there's a place nearby here that's offering five gallons and then i look at next month and it's they're all they're all sold out so is there a difference between brewing a five gallon and brewing a one gallon do you find that there's any difference uh, with the outcome, is the, is the brewing process any different? That's the same well, process, and and Pete can probably back this up. But it it's all about my first my first kit was the it was a five gallon thing, and what I ended up with was five gallons of terrible beer. <laughs> so <laughs> when you have a one gallon kit, you end up with either you know one gallon of fantastic beer or one gallon of beer you're not you know, terribly upset about pouring down the drain. So kind of look at it that way. That's fair. So maybe another, I'll start off with one to, gallon. Yeah. Another way to look at it is that um, there's always going to be a lot of waste. And so with one gallon, you know, that's about 3.8 liters. If you get everything right, you, you might get like possibly two and a half liters out of it. If you want to look at it that way. So 10, 10 bottles, if you're lucky. Yeah. But um, you know there there are there are small differences, but with a one gallon, you can do it with stuff on your stovetop. I mean, you could do that with five gallons too, but you can at least try it out and see if you like the process. Even if you think it's too much fuss, then um, maybe it's not for you. If it intrigues you, then uh, keep going. Definitely intrigues me for sure. All steps. <laughs> Right. Yes. Work your way up to the bigger, the bigger volume. Start, start small for sure, because the, the process is pretty much the same, regardless of what size you're doing. Like literally from one gallon all the way up to, you know, 400 liters, it, the process is still the same. Yeah. Okay. It's just what, what, what you need to get there <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. I might uh, stick to one gallon only because I, I don't have the space here at all. What you see behind me, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Well, yeah, the other great thing that you can do with this with the small batches like that is try a bunch of different things. Yeah. You could, uh, you know, you could try the same recipe and just tweak one little variable each time. It's uh, you could you could really like expand your um, your sort of curiosity that way. Fair yeah, warning, fair. though: once you start the hobby, it will consume you. <laughs> I, I you, will buy, so. you will buy every single gadget it, 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 brewing <laughs> beer at home is not about saving money <laughs> it's it's about it's about doing something you love because you will invariably like want to buy every single thing because there are certain pieces of equipment that make your life easier i mean as a home brewer i remember when i went from bottling to kegging that was a massive step in my life <laughs> because i hated bottling <laughs> So once you have a once you have a keg and you build yourself a keg fridge, oh, it's sweet. Kegerators. Yep. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So maybe I could ask gentlemen, like how like the inner workings of people's pint. Like Peter, you you are the head brewer, but Doug, like 
you you are still part of the brewing process. Is that fair to say? Or does Peter sort of run the show fully? Maybe if you could give us a little bit of insight on on the behind Pete, the scenes. Pete does, does all the brewing and, you know, I occasionally um, throw him ideas, uh, which he then runs with and, you know, makes way better than I ever could. But, um, you know, it used to be that I would send him a recipe. Now I just tell him what I want to do and he just does it. So. <laughs> I prefer it that way. <laughs> but you know what? It's it's true though. Like um, if, if, if Doug wasn't around uh, to push me to do things, to push me outside of my, and it's not just Doug. Uh, Doug is one of the main people who does this for me. <laughs> and it's kind of a service for me really because, um, I, you know, uh, I don't know how to put it. I guess I, I'm really good at taking other people's passion, other people's ideas and um, making it a reality. Um, I have my own ideas too, but they're kind of boring. They're kind of really like. Uh, you're selling yourself short, Pete. Your yeah, ideas are not boring. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, well, maybe you like to brew to style more often than I do, but uh, you know. I guess. You, you really do it well, so. So so really, I guess what I'm saying is that I, I appreciate being pushed out of my comfort zone. Uh, and that's that's one of the big things that, that Doug offers. Right. To me, for sure. So, <laughs> and yeah. for the brewery. So Doug is a bit of a the philosopher, and Peter, you're the engineer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty fair. That's yeah. a fair assessment. <laughs> yeah. Dynamic duo. Got That's what you know. All great teams. Good input from both, and then you create something that's wonderful. And just you know, going over the lineup at, at People's Point, even just the core lineup, there's still, there's a good variety of stuff. So I'd say you guys hit the nail on the head on brewing some really good stuff, and good ideas have come together well. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's beer by the people for the people uh, we really want to offer something for everyone we do believe there's you know? a beer out there for everyone like anyone uh, who says they don't like beer we can find a beer that you will like i think we're all about that same motto mm -hmm. right like a lot of our big passion uh when when we're doing our tours or our virtual aspect is always to try and find something to sort of i guess just maybe change someone's mind so similar to what you were saying doug like people are like oh i don't like beer but have you tried this one have you tried this style right because the world of, of beer is so vast now that, you know, some people will be pleasantly surprised. And, and we, we always like when we can pleasantly surprise someone um, at any point in time during our, our events or even just any interaction. So, yeah, I think we share the same sort of motto. Cool. What's interesting is that it, it kind of always has been uh, such a diverse beverage. It just took until the modern times to be able to present it all at once. Right, different styles from around the world. A brewery can do all of that now in one tap room, and that's pretty great. Well, I mean, because historically you had to brew based on what you had available, and yeah. one of the big right. things was yeast. Because you know, up until like Louis Pasteur discovered that yeast was what was converting sugar into alcohol, you had to deal with whatever wild yeast you had. So that kind of dictated the beer style. Now that we've, you know, now that we can actually add yeast to a beer and know exactly what it's going to do, you can brew anything anywhere, and you can change the water profile. You can, you can get. Now, water is the other thing. Water is the other really big thing. That yeah, because if, that. if you don't know the science or what's in the water, you you can't. I mean, you have to brew what's good for that water, and you know that's why uh, uh, an English pale ale is so great in Burton on Trent because the water profile 
is what it is. And, you know, uh, Pilsner, Pilsner Raquel uh, is what it is because the water is soft and, you know, it has a big, it, 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 it has a, a big influence on what you're able to brew and, and brew really well. But now we're able to actually alter that and, and brew different styles from all around the world in one place. Beauty of science, water science. <laughs> but it's also a celebration of history, which I really love. It's for sure, and yeah. and that's kind of that's kind of what I meant by by the, the ideas that I have are, are boring. They're not they're not um, you know flashy sort of really hit your your you know taste buds full on kind of beers. They're really subtle beers that I that I really have a passion for. I, you know, I like big flavor as well, but I really like just celebrating history, how the beer got to where it is. And they all have a unique thing that, that they present um, that makes them what they are. And uh, I, I just don't want anybody to forget that. So, For sure. and, I, and I just want to try, I want to enjoy it, you know? <laughs> I totally agree. And actually, maybe you guys can sort of, you know, maybe confirm what Andy and I, and I, Nick, I assume same for you because you're an avid craft beer drinker is that a lot of craft breweries are sort of reverting to traditional styles of beer. Um, maybe like traditional, you know, Czech Pilsners or Vienna lagers and, and things of that nature. I, I, I've seen these, you know, sort of popping up a little bit more and more. Like, is that something maybe you guys can confirm or you've seen, or is it just sort of, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm just seeing things. So I'm drinking a um, Bright Classic Pills by Aveling. Mm. Excellent brewery on the east side of Toronto. Tried a few. They're great. Uh, this, is, uh, this is right on for a, for a pills. It's like a bohemian style pills. Uh, what else do they have? So uh, let me tell you, we, we have some friends at, at Aveling and they sent us a case of beer today. It was pretty nice. Uh, <laughs> You know, a bunch of different things that they that they have. Uh, th so what stood out to me, they had a Zwickle beer. Uh, oh. Yeah. So like a, like a, like a Keller beer or, a, or a, you know, a fresh lager, a Grisette, a Saison, this Pils, an Ontario lager, uh, and I think another lager. Uh, and then there was, they sent a nice big bottle that was a mixed fermentation beer. I don't exactly remember which one it is. Uh, and, a, and a smaller bottle that was another barrel-aged uh, mixed fermentation beer. So look at what they're doing. <laughs> There's Those not a really single nice IPA. friends of yours. Yeah, yeah they, really. they just send you this? Like just to... uh, it was it was uh, it was a thank you for for something that I did uh, last week for for one of their employees. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, oh, it's always awesome to get beer from from another brewery, and but when you see what what they sent you, it's like, this is awesome. This is everything I want to drink. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong. I love IPAs. Also, drinking this. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, drinking the last of this. I had one bottle left in the uh, fridge. It was. Uh, oh wow. Pie is exactly three. I was. It's a tropical IPA we did with Sactois and um, um, our staff, um, Ange, Chris, and Deglin, mm -hmm. uh, who are also known as Bent Mallet. They brewed this for our third anniversary, and I was very, very happy to find this at the back of my fridge. I thought it was all <laughs> out. It's uh, it's an IPA, so it's what I like to drink. So pie is exactly three. 
<laughs> Sounds like a Simpsons reference. It, ex- it sure it's is. absolutely a Simpsons reference. <laughs> yeah. And well, I, think I think I've think noticed that with a lot of your beer is that you have a lot of uh, movie references or pop culture references. We do. The Bent, the Bent Malik crew, they like to do Futurama and Simpsons references mostly. Um, I personally like to do a lot of Star Wars and science fiction references. So that, that's kind of my thing. The mango yeah. fat, yeah. Replicant Haze is a nod to Blade Runner, that kind of thing. So, oh, yeah. okay. And then, w- yeah. Will, will you ever bring back Hey You Guys? Because I think I missed that one. Yeah. Yeah. It'll come back in the fall for sure. Oh, great. Um, we Goonies. do have, yeah. We do have um, a beer that I based on that recipe, actually. Uh, I wanted to make an Imperial Stout, just an Imperial Stout. Uh, That would be uh, bourbon barrel aged. Um, And we got a little bit of uh, overfill from that. So I filled the barrel, still had some beer. So I filled a keg and we bottled what, what was there. And so that one we're calling Nine Rakes. And you can buy that. That's another Simpsons reference, yeah. but don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we'll have the bur- bourbon barrel aged version available. Uh, you know, when it when it tells me it's ready, I guess I- I'm going to guess around September. Um, and then, so like, if you, you know, jump on the limited nine rakes, I think there's sixty bottles, maybe. If you get that, save it. And compare it to the uh, cool. to the bourbon barrel age version. But uh, I I think we sidetracked. I think you were asking about you know traditional styles, and you know so I pointed out at you know Aveling that's that's something that they're doing. Um, if you look at uh, at most of the breweries in Toronto, uh, I think almost all of them have a lager, um, and. You know, I think uh, you can go in in a couple different directions in terms of what you want to produce. Um, and uh, you know, we again, we try to do a lot of stuff that that has a wide appeal that happens to fall in line with a lot of traditional stuff. Um, so I think you know, like what I've noticed is that people do buy what they what they are familiar with. And once they they try it and they like it, they they just keep buying it. Um, So there's that kind of drinker and there's the, you know, I want to try everything there is drinker, taster, let's say. I think that's definitely Uh, me. Yeah. So, I I mean, there's, it's, it's really tough in terms of trying to figure out what do we do. And that's when you just got to come back to what do we do well and what do we want to do well? And, and that's what you have to do as a brewery. I mean, I, I don't, I guess I shouldn't say I don't care what the trends are, um, but I really don't. It's like, you know, I'll try, I'll try stuff. Like Doug, Doug was saying, oh, um, you know, look at this cold IPA thing. That was kind of a flash in the pan. I couldn't believe it. it. It came and went so quickly, like even worse than, uh, you know, let's say brewed IPA. And it's something that I thought about for for a bit. I, we still might do one, but the trend is way over. Like that's already gone. I don't, or it's it hasn't even happened, or maybe it never will. Who knows? I think you just got to do what what you do well and what you're passionate about, and and that's 
how to do it. If you're chasing trends, you know, good luck, I guess. I mean, uh, maybe you'll do well. But we like what we like to do though is we like to have the odd like weird beer in there or something unique. For sure. Um, I mean, one that we just released recently and is like one of my favorites is one we did for the Society of Beer Drinking Ladies. It's a uh, it's a horchata brown called Bon Vivant. This was Pete's idea. This was this was amazing. It's uh, are you guys familiar with what a horchata horchata is? Like a little bit. I have seen it become sort of very popular in in craft beer now. Actually, I tried one recently from Kensington Craft Brewing, which I thought yep. was pretty good. They did a pale ale with with horchata. Well, like real horchata, like that's a is it like a Mexican drink or like a Spanish? It's it's an it's an old Spanish drink. Old Spanish. Um, very popular in Mexico though. Yeah. Um, uh, but it, you know, there's versions of it all over the place. In Mexico, it's like rice milk mm-hmm. with um, with cinnamon, vanilla, uh, and sometimes they mix it with. Uh, they call the whole thing aqua fresca. So sometimes they'll mix it. They'll mix it with like a hibiscus uh, tea, and so you get this really vibrant sort of thing going on. That's something that I I really wanted to do as well. Uh, society they they asked us to do a a dark beer. Uh, so the, you know, <laughs> a dark beer in the spring, I thought, okay, what, how can I make this, um, you know, really desirable? And so I thought, you know, I really wanted to try the horchata experience in a beer and um, brown ale sort of came out to me. We have um, a neighbor in the same building that makes oat milk. And so I thought, be more inclusive. Don't use lactose because horchata is very milky. And that's the first thing you think of when you're making beer to make something creamy or milky. Add lactose. A lot of people are uh, intolerant. So I thought, you know what, let's just try this. And it didn't give it, you know, uh, a, a milkiness to it, but it gave, uh, it gave the flavor of horchata to me which is like, a, you know, like, a, again, like a rice milk or a nut milk, a grain milk. Uh, I think it, uh, it worked pretty well. Pretty it, nice, was a fun, wow. it was a fun shot in the dark for me. <laughs> that's that's and, on and sale now. They, uh, they, had their, their, mm-hmm. they had a virtual beer festival there. Um, uh, Last week. Eternal Hoptimist yeah, uh, on I Friday. Heard about that. And this was one of the more popular beers. So they paired it with a, um, a chocolate peanut butter cupcake from um from sausage party and it was one of the nicest pairings a dessert pairing with a beer like this is one of the beers i like to end my night with usually um it's 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 so nice it's it's light and it's it's dessert like and it's it's just it's it's really nice and it's not high alcohol it's uh it's only 4.5 so it's not going to knock you out but it's just a really pleasant drinking beer and you know Fearing, you know, releasing a dark beer in the spring, I think this this really drinks like um like an iced latte. It's 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 really nice. Four and a half percent, good to sort of you know taper you off from the first seven percent three IPAs that you had. You know, <laughs> absolutely. You ease into the rest of your night, of course. And <laughs> Garrett will have to pick up. That's the what's the name of it? It's called it's uh, called Bon Vivant. Bon Vivant. Yeah. Horchata Brown. So just, just look for the, um, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, 
guys, maybe could you give us a little bit of insight? Because I think you mentioned um, the Society of Beer Drinking Ladies. Ladies, yeah. that's right. They're, they are a, they're contract brewers, right? They don't have their own spot. Is that correct? That's um, right. Um, they, they brew Henderson right now. So, um, and that's because Erica, one of the, one of the founders, she works there. So right. <laughs> she's a sales rep for Henderson. So it's a, it's a, and, but they, we brew with them. Like we do partnerships, collaborations, and they collaborate with a lot of breweries around the city. Um, we collaborate with them every year. Um, usually we brew something called Tropic Like It's Hot, which is the <laughs> pineapple sour we do every year. But this year we decided to do something different. So. It's amazing. Yeah, I know I've had a collab that they did with Junction Craft Brewing as well. But it's like a, it's kind of they paired with a couple of breweries. In yeah. Toronto. Well, I guess they did a, yeah, they did a, a pea flower beer, I think. It was yes. purple. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was like a weird, like, it was pretty purple. cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, depended on what. Uh, sometimes it looked green too. Actually, if you if you held it at a certain direction from the light, it was it was an interesting beer. Tasted yeah. great. It was amazing. Looked yeah. looked weird. Yeah, it looked like an alien <laughs> made a beer. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess where I'm going with that is just sort of because you guys have this experience of, and I think a lot of folks, if they wanted to enter into the craft beer world of actually making and producing their own beer, you two have this wonderful experience starting off um, working with other breweries to make your creations. And then finally, after a few years of getting your feet wet, actually having a space and a location to produce and create your own, like you have your own laboratory now to do what you want. Like how, can you maybe give us a little bit of insight as to that process for you guys, like in terms of of the steps that you took and and when you decided okay like why don't we have our own space now because we're 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 big enough or or we're we're ambitious enough to to um to to have our own um our own space well i think a big part of it was for us was was, oppor was opportunity <laughs> yeah. um like because we talked about like when we did all of our event series where we brought all these great brewers together when we did basically we would sell tickets to an event. We'd bring together like 10 brewers and have like, um, I think our biggest event was 30 beers. We did it in one, in one event. That was, that was great. Um, but we got to the point where like, you know, people like what we're doing. And, you know, when we would like Pete and I would bring our own beers to this event. And, and I think at the 30 beers event at 3030, which is where it was in, in the junction, we, uh, we brought like seven of the beers and, one of those eight, beers yeah. was, was it eight? Yes. Yeah. One of the beers was Mango Fett. Was the very first For time sure. Mango Fett made its, oh, wow. its appearance, and yep. um, and we said, you know what? I think we actually have a, a viable, you know, set of recipes here that we could actually make a go of this. And what made what made the whole thing kind of like because we'd been talking for a long time with uh, with our good friends. Um, uh, who owned the Mugshot Tavern about opening a brew pub. And we were looking like constantly at different locations around the city and nothing was panning out. And um, and then Junction uh, announced that they were moving to their new facility up in the stockyards. And we contacted them and said, what are you guys doing with your space? And they said, well, we didn't really have any plans for it. And, and we said, well, can we take it over? And it kind of went from there. So... 
we kind of sealed the deal at that point and we kind of had to we kind of had to commit to it right then and there so you guys yeah. were like you guys were like scouting out areas and that just sort of fell into your lap a little bit of like oh this would literally a brewery's leaving this facility this would be a great place to go yeah i mean uh, we certainly thought that would give us a, a good head start and it did it, it certainly helped us in from an infrastructure perspective because yes. i mean Junk, junction didn't leave us everything like we didn't buy everything off of them we did buy a few things from them specifically we brought their brew house and there was already a, a walk-in cooler there was already a, a glycol chiller there was already um you know quite a lot of infrastructure we bought a couple of fermenters and a bright tank um, but we had a few of our own um fermenters actually we bought the year before we bought a couple we bought three fermenters and a bright tank from muddy york because Jeff Manol was, he was upgrading and we, you know, we had this opportunity we're like, we should get these. And we had no space at that point. It was a year before we'd even knew about the, the junction space. So those fermenters ended up sitting in my garage for a year. So. You have a little mishmash of uh, other brewers in yep. your, in your actual yeah. brewery right now. Well, and, and our other two fermenters actually came from a brewery that is no longer in business. It was, um, uh, County Road Brewing in Prince Edward County. They, uh, I, I was oh, friends really? With, yeah, I was friends with the owner, and I did not know this at the time. Um, he said, I've got a couple of 800-liter fermenters. Are you interested in them? And I, uh, I sent Pete pictures of them, and he says, yeah, let's, let's get them. And uh, little did we know that this was part of their whole coming unglued. Um, they were having yeah. some sort of an internal fight and between right. the owners, and we ended up buying some of the some of their assets before they ended up shutting it down. Wow. One of those two tanks is one of my favorite tanks. So. <laughs> They're really great tanks. All is well that ends well. Yeah. yeah. It's got a big dry hop port. It's good for making this, this <laughs> New England IPA stuff. Such a cool story. Like, um, I, the only reason why I know about County Road Brewing is because I, I took some time off when I got married. And one of the things uh, my wife and I did is we did this, like, why, this wine bike tour in prince edward county and mm. uh my sister-in-law basically set it all up and you know got us an airbnb and rented the bikes and we we're gonna go to all these breweries i mean sorry all these wineries um and i'm not you know i'm not opposed to wine by any means but i'm obviously a beer first kind of guy uh, and then along the way we stumbled upon county road uh brewing and it was like this ah i had like <laughs> i've had so much wine i'm like i just want a beer <laughs> and it was so perfect and they made um, they made great beer which was really sad why they shut the whole thing did. down delicious everyone i tried was amazing and then i rode off in the distance and never saw it ever again and i'm just happy <laughs> that i got at least to try a little bit of it one, one of the great uh moments was going there to get those two tanks we rented a truck because uh, you know we had now just gotten the space uh, that Junction was uh, was leaving, so it was perfect because we had the the three four hectoliter tanks and the bright tank that we got from Muddy York in Doug's garage in Prince Edward County, and uh, we were going to buy two more tanks from somebody else in Prince Edward County. So we went there. It was so snowy and. January. It was, it was so. a really <laughs> bad day. Yeah, it was not great. And um and and we had some trouble, you know, like it was like, how are we gonna get these in the truck? Their forklift wasn't working for some reason. Uh so you know, they had to call somebody else. 
it was a big ordeal to get this this stuff into the truck. We finally did, and then we went back into the brewery, uh, and the chef had been there. It was just the, like the smoking. Somebody's been making soup, and uh, we went down, and they gave us a bowl of soup and some nice bread, and it was just the best thing in the world because. It was so cold and bitter, and it was such a struggle to get this stuff in. And it was like, wow, I would love, I would love to have a somebody show up in the kitchen making, just like coming and making soup every day and making bread, and like you just have this soup available to you on this stupid winter day. It was something I'll never, I'll never forget. Just a great moment. That actually went pretty smoothly. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was that that was probably the, the the easiest part because the tanks were half the size so you know they they went in the truck fairly easily we were it, it getting those getting those those 800 liter tanks into into the truck the first time that was that was a bit of a challenge but you know it was it was all part of the fun i i, I have to say that you know part of that story was like i think the most fun i've ever had was setting up the brewery um, really it, it's 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 one of the most and i and i can't stress this enough this is it's one of the most fulfilling things i've ever done in my life was building the brewery uh i enjoyed it more than anything i've ever done wow um, it's it's hard work it's a lot of hard work but uh you know i wouldn't you know i'm not going to lie to you it it had its challenges but i woke up every day that we were building that brewery and i was like you know let's do this let's what else can we do? And I, you know, they were long days and I really, really loved every part of it. So um, I guess that comes with the passion of, you know, mm -hmm. starting a brewery. Running a brewery, on the other hand, is not quite the same. <laughs> it, it has its own challenges, which we've, you know, after the first year, the second year, now we're into our third year, you know, you, you get, you, you get over the, the, the shock of the, you know, okay, now, now we have to run this place. So, and, and, and that's, you know, kind of a, a cautionary tale. If you're going to get into this from a homebrewing perspective, have some, you know, luckily I had some, some business experience, a lot smaller scale than what we're doing now, but, you know, at least I was familiar with it. If you're getting into this without any experience whatsoever in business, you're going to have a really hard time and the learning curve is pretty steep. So, you know, Fair warning. For sure. Yeah, you need, you know, blood, blood, sweat and tears. And obviously you need to learn a little bit. Don't go in blind. It totally makes sense. But I love I love that you mentioned that, you know, every day building it um, was so enjoyable, right? You're putting the dream together, right? Yep. And that, that's, that's awesome. Uh, sometimes people dread that. It's like, oh, I just want to get to the part where, you know, it's easy and things are running. But, um, you know, the process of getting there is, is just as important. I like that you mentioned that. Well, the the optimism too of when you're before you open your doors, sky's the limit. You're like, you're also like terrified. Are people going to come and drink our beer? But it's also like the world is, you know, your oyster at that point. It's like, look at all of the possibilities. Look at all of the things we can potentially do. And and then when you you know, our first year was pretty great. But, you know, reality sets in and then the market starts to take over and and then you've got to start being really creative and you got to start, you know, learning about the business side of it. And that's kind of where we've been, you know, going the last few years. So it's been a learning experience for sure. I think one of the biggest things we've learned is that uh, marketing is a really big, big aspect of this business. Like 
really huge, whether you well, like I, it or not. <laughs> that's what I was going to say too. Like you guys are such passionate guys. And Peter, you mentioned like, you know, you're not too interested in keeping up with trends. That's, that's not so important to you, but, but yeah, it does get to a point where you sort of have to do, you do have to look at the books and, mm -hmm. and make some important business decisions. I mean, how do you, I mean, you two as, as the, the captains of the ship, I mean, how do you like on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm not looking for like a super in-depth answer, but like, how do you balance, how do you create this balancing act of staying passionate and, mm. and going with your creativity and also being like, is this fiscally responsible? Is this going to allow us to be alive in the next two years? Like, how do you, how do you balance <laughs> that? Is, is like, tell me about like the communication, I guess, between. That's a really great, great question. I don't think we know. <laughs> I don't think there's an answer, but I mean, we communicate. I think Doug and I are both very, um, active members of the beer community, the, the brewing industry, which is uh, suddenly in Canada has uh, sort of come together <laughs> really quickly. And I'm, I'm speaking about a very specific Facebook group that um, has just gained over 500, almost 600 members across Canada, which is really great to see. And there's a specific reason for that, but that doesn't really matter. Uh, we've always been sort of I almost said friendly. Um, I should say just you know, friends with with other people in the industry, and and that's how you that's how you sort of keep up with that kind of thing. And I think again, I think both of us are are in tune with that, and we shoot ideas back and forth. I don't know. I mean, I, I think a, a recent example of that is, I don't know what made me do it, but I guess some people were talking about hop water. And so I thought, you know what? I had a, I had some time at the brewery. I wasn't doing anything. I thought, you know what? I'm going to just try this. I'm going to try to make hop water. I told Doug about it. He got excited. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I, I kind of went through a, a bunch of iterations of it. And then I'm like, okay, I'll send you some now. And I sent him some. I sent him an example from Wellington. I asked him to, to give them a try to see what he thought. Personally, I think it's a really subtle thing. <laughs> Uh, but then he, you know, and, and so we just were like, okay, well, we have this. Let's see if people buy it. And some people bought it. You know, we'll see where Did it goes. Say hog there. water? Sorry. I don't, I, don't, maybe I'm not, I don't know if I heard that right. <laughs> a hot water. Oh, that's an entirely oh, different water. thing. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what are we talking about here? Okay, now that, that makes more yeah, sense. Uh, just, uh, you know, just, just water. Uh, yeah, you can know, you explain this? A little bit of hot. Yeah, yeah. It's um, basically what, what I do is... Uh, I boil some water to get to make it pure, just like you, you want to make beer. Bring it down to a certain temperature. Add a little bit of acid to it to to bring its pH down and make sure that no pathogens can can affect it. And steep some hops in it. Now the amount of hops that you use is really really affects the outcome of this. Too much and it's like really vegetal. Tastes like uh, wheatgrass kind of. <laughs> Uh, straw, uh, too little, and it's like barely even there. And you just gotta sort of hit the right spot to get the nuance of what that hop can bring to a beer, because it's really not the same as what as how it acts when it's in wort, when it's in beer. It's a much different uh, composition that way. When it's just water, it's like this really delicate thing. So to me, it's it's like such a subtle thing, and I'm thinking. 
does anybody even really want to try this? Yes. So I sent it to Doug. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, I so I guess do now. Do. Yeah, 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 a lot. I loved it. I, uh, you know, if we we're piloting it in bottles, but we're hoping to put it in cans at some point. Um, yeah, I think it'll really sell in cans. Yeah, because you know it's two bucks for a can of hop water. I, it it's it's carbonated water with some hop flavor. It's mm -hmm. it's fantastic. It's it's refreshing and it's zero alcohol. So. You know, you can get something that's flavorful without having to worry about, you know, alcohol. I mean, it's it's also like pretty much zero calories, so mm -hmm. it's 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 a great beverage for people who are looking for something flavorful, but you know, not wanting to drink a beer. It's kind of like a tea. Yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of tastes like tea for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Tea. That's cool. Yeah, we are always. You, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Are you selling that now? I would love to try that. I think we are. I think we still have some, yeah. Do we? If if we if we're out, I guess I gotta make a batch. <laughs> you gotta make some more. I think we, I, we sold we sold out the first weekend we put it on on wow. on sale. It didn't last yeah. long. We so, didn't have I mean, a lot, but yeah, didn't have a lot. But I mean, it's an, it was an experimental batch, and it and it and it did well. So it somebody it came in we were... and bought eight bottles. I'm like, really? <laughs> wow. Yeah, and that actually oversold us. So I had to make a new batch. <laughs> <laughs> Have. Yeah, I'm very interested to now to try some of this. It sounds really nice. Yeah, it, and I mean, it, try it, Wellingtons too. Uh, I mean, like they've been working on it for a while. There's also, I think, I don't know if it's Spearhead. I think it's Spearhead. They make uh, a thing called Aqua, A-K-W-A, uh, and that's the same thing. It's hop water. Cool. Yeah, definitely have to check this out a little bit more. That sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely down to try it. Yeah, purchase some. Yeah, we we have we have 37 bottles available right now. Just checking. <laughs> <laughs> Can you send one over to Gatno? Yeah. yeah. Might have to swing by and grab some. Yeah, I know. Gary, you're coming cool. to. Yeah, let's get some. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't take them all. Save me some. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll keep making it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. This one's made with Chinook Chinook hops. It's it's so, really tasty. I, I mean, I I had I had a couple of bottles and I really enjoyed them both. It's 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 a great summertime beverage if you're like if you don't want to be drinking. I mean, it's something you can drink during the day while you're working. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Does it remind you of drinking that. beer? No, I mean it's 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 not like drinking beer, but it's. I, I'm a big fan of carbonated water. Like I love soda it's water. Yeah. So to me, it's, it's a, it's right. a flavored soda water in a, but in a, like in a way that's kind of a, okay, this reminds me of beer. This, this has a nice flavor to it. It's also a little bit on the, on the sour side because of the, the pH level. So mm -hmm. it's, I mean, the closest thing you can, I can get to it is um, I wouldn't say it's like tonic water because tonic water is kind of sweet, but it has a, a flavor and a depth to it that just regular soda water doesn't. So it, it's quite an interesting thing to drink. I see what you mean. Yeah. Would it be yeah, similar to like a kombucha good. then? Not no, not that much that flavor. Sour mm -hmm. And not that much flavor, but it's, okay. it's super refreshing. We're, we're toying with the idea of also putting some fruit flavors in it, but yeah. we haven't gone that far yet. That sounds good, especially for like summertime. <laughs> Yep. I think people would people would love that sort of thing. Especially now with like the whole you know, the whole craze of, of seltzers and all that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but there's also 
you know, this, this market for non-alcoholic beverages at the same time. So yeah, I feel like you sure. have that a perfect mix of both of those for, uh, for the person who wants something light and refreshing, but also doesn't want it alcoholic as well. Well, also one of the things that, um, we've, we're exploring too, is our, our neighbors, uh, right beside us is uh, nickel nine distilling. This is a, a really great thing to put, to use as a mix, um, or as a base uh, for, mm -hmm. you know, cocktails. So, you know, we're, talking to them about doing something together using the hop water to make a cocktail with one of their, with one of their spirits. So oh, you know, cool. possibilities. Yeah. That oh, that's great. really neat. Yeah. About the space that you have, just that you're located right beside nickel nines. Yes. Yeah. And they're, they're great guys. We, we love those guys. And, um, you know, at, at the beginning of the pandemic, we were, um, we were making hand sanitizer together. So <laughs> doing your part. Yes. Yep. I remember that. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, maybe I'll, I'll sort of attach a, a question to my initial question of like balancing creativity and the business side of things. What like maybe, and again, if I'm encroaching on business things, you can just swap <laughs> this question down. But like in terms of the way like you, like I'll add on that, that this, this idea of like, you have like the creative side and that's so important. Like you mentioned, Peter, in terms of marketing, not only creating the beer, but also branding yourself in a certain way. Like it's just the creative is so is perhaps paramount, but also in terms of you guys, like how much do you think of growth, like actually expanding and adding more tanks, perhaps looking to get a bigger facility one day, like how much is that at the back of your mind or, or perhaps not at all? We talk about it all the time. Yeah, actually. Yeah, um, we do. And it's and it's fun to think about. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it's also, you know, perplexing. It's like, how, what does it look like? How do we, how, you know, what's and and it's and it's good to check in every once in a while mm -hmm. to say, what you know, where are we and wh where are we going? And it's like, okay, well still not quite at capacity, maybe we'll be there. You know, like, especially with the pandemic hitting, it's really, really tough to see. Like we've run out of beer at points uh, where I'm shocked. Like all of a sudden the fridge is empty and I'm like, what the <laughs> hell did I do? I, I really screwed up here. Like I was shocked, I was, I was like sad the other day to see, I think we had like five beers available. I'm like, this is not right. <laughs> and, I, and I looked inside the brewery and I'm thinking, okay, every tank is full. Just relax. Next week we're, you know, we're canning stuff. It's, it's going to be back. It's coming. It's fine. That's amazing. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. Right here. yeah. Um, and, and, and also, and, and this, again, uh, this is another thing that, that Doug has been pushing and that I'm really um, embracing is, is do a lot more small. Like we have the ability to make a really small batch, a 200 liter batch. Uh, and 200 liters is not a lot to risk on on a new idea and, and or or something I've never done before and I'm not sure of. Uh, so we're we're doing a lot more of that. We did a lot of that with our our third anniversary release, and we're continuing to do it. Like I'm filling barrels with 200 liter batches, and you know we're engaging. Like so we have uh, our our I guess most junior staff member. She wanted to make a beer um, that is uh, sort of really gin uh, ginger forward, 
And that's something that we're planning that we're going to do very soon. I want to do, you know, I want to try a, a couple of uh, double IPAs and I want to use uh, some hops that I've never used before. So that's a 200 liter batch. You know, uh, there's a couple of beers that we've done in the past um, that Doug has has brewed, like uh, a root beer based beer, Amber like Ale. The Simple Ricks. Simple Ricks. Simple Simple Ricks <laughs> Sarsaparilla Ale. We had that on our opening night, and um, we only we did we brewed a really small batch of that. It's it's extraordinarily expensive to brew because of how much sarsaparilla costs. So. <laughs> We found a way to do it cheaply or more cheaply. So we're going to try to do a larger batch of that. We're also going to do a batch of something I did a couple of years ago called Twin Suns, which is a, um, it's a blue beer that is a, it's a nod to the blue milk and Star Wars. Um, and uh, we're, we're using a spirulina, a blue spirulina to color it. And then we're giving it kind of a, a blueberry, not a blueberry, a, a blue raspberry flavor. Um, and we did that. That was also a really small batch and it, it did really well when we, when we did it, but we're going to, we're going to kind of bring that up to a, a 200 liter batch and sell a bit more of that. Cool. Is Simple Rick's a play for like Rick and Morty as well? That is correct. Of course. Awesome. Love it. I love that. <laughs> What's the Star Wars reference? Blue milk? What's the that? Blue milk in, 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 it's called Twin Sons in, in Star Wars um, on Tatooine, which has two sons. Oh. Luke, Luke Peru was bringing out this blue milk. So yeah. that's why I called it Twin Sons. <laughs> <laughs> that is a deep reference. That's yeah. cool. Some people get it. Not, you know, it doesn't matter right. if you don't. No, I feel that. I know. I like Star Wars. I, I missed it. <laughs> The other name for that when it was a, when we made it tried to make it a sour beer was uh, Blue Harvest, right? Yes, you know you know what that reference is, right? The Family Guy version of Star Wars. No, that's actually what they called Empire Strikes <laughs> Back when they were shooting it. Oh, that's it right. Was actually I called Blue Harvest because they totally didn't want anybody that. to know what they were shooting. So, and then oh, right. Family Guy called it Blue Harvest. So, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> This obscure Star Wars. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we, we like we love obscure references, especially Simpsons and Futurama yeah. and Star Wars. Like those are all great. Like if you get it, you get it. If you don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's defeated. great though. When you get yeah. someone who gets it, though, they're just like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Well, guys, maybe could you tell us maybe a little bit about Maris and her effect <laughs> on the brewery? Wow. Well. I guess let me let me start by saying that uh, our sales rep Dave he turned to me one day uh, a couple months ago and he said he's like how could how could we ever work in a place again with no cat <laughs> he's like how, like can you imagine working somewhere without a cat and I'm thinking yeah I know what you mean buddy <laughs> because uh, she's just a great companion to have around you know she doesn't well she sleeps most of the day and um when cats she's, do. yeah and when she's awake she's entertaining you know she stands for treats she like you know she asks for pets she's a really great cat she's very chill like, yeah oh yeah every time we're by she just comes out i feel like she comes out to greet us every time i'm sure she just comes out for other reasons but i'd like to think she comes yeah. to greet us 
Sometimes I have to encourage her to do that, but <laughs> she does it on her own too. She does it on her own. The, the queen of the junction. She, yeah. she misses yeah. the patio because when the patio is open, she goes to literally every table and says hello to everyone. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. That's too yeah. cute. Oh, that's really and, um, you know, so, and you can, um, we do this once a year. We make a beer uh, called Homecoming. That's for Maris. And we donate some uh, proceeds of that to the OSPCA. That's where we where we got her from. That's who runs the Working Cats program. And uh, boy, do people love it. <laughs> She's very popular. You know, if we can name every beer after Maris, <laughs> I don't know if people would get sick of it, really. <laughs> it might be a little exploitive, but, you know, something we should look into. She's also she's, she's also named after, and there, there, there's a special story behind this. The very first bag of malt we used in the brewery, which is in a frame in the brewery, was a bolt, was a bag of Maris Otter, which is um, what we named Maris after. Was our very yeah. first our very yeah. first bag of of malt that was used in a professional brew. So cool! I didn't know that. So much yeah. significance to everything. It's amazing. Good origin I was going to say, you tie in a lot yeah, of history. Yeah, a lot of layers. Yeah. Great. Well, if, if, you don't, if there's no story to tell, then what, you know. What's the point? So I guess that yeah, brings me to the question, how did you come up with the name and the logo that I see of People's Pint? Uh, actually, I have to, that, that goes to my wife. I have to give her full credit for that. We came up with the name, we... We had just left Russian River Brewery in, in Santa Rosa, California. And we were talking about, we need to get, you know, we need to come up with something that's, you know, home brewer oriented. And she loves alliteration. So she said, people's pint. That's a, that's a great thing. And, and, and the logo, I came up with that. Um, it's a kind of, I mean, I, I have a lot of left-leaning politics and I'm very much into, you know, um, you know, social justice and all of those things. And um, we thought it was a good, a good fit. And um, it just, it just kind of grew from there. And uh, it was shortly after coming up with that name that I, that I approached Pete and, you know, we, uh, we decided to form this partnership and it's, it's been God, seven years now. So he showed yeah. it to me and I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That works. <laughs> it's funny though, because you know, like uh, I've done, I've done some like web design and stuff like that. I've done graphic design kind of things. And yeah, I just looked at it and I thought, you know, that looks like a good time. Uh, you know, I'll jump on and that. especially, you know, what was great is, is when, is when um, we had the big mural done. Oh, it was just, it's a, it's a vinyl thing, but at the, at the brewery in the tap room, when that was applied, I mean, first of all, it was my wife and my mother-in-law that, that did it. Um, but when it was done and you step back and you looked at how graphic it was and just it popped and, you know, it's like, wow, that is a really cool logo. And now, you know, it's invoked some negative comments, but really from people who just wanted to say, what are you, communist? You know, like, it's like, uh, it's kind of not about the politics. No. <laughs> it's, it's imagery that to, to like sort of make you think of cooperation, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, solidarity kind of thing. Well, we, just, we started, we started as a brewing collective. So we yeah. were a bunch of people working together for a common goal. It's not about, you know, communism. It's about, you know, <laughs> beer by the people for the people. 
Yeah, I love that motto. That's great. Yeah, and definitely. Like I think, yeah, equals pine definitely reflects that for sure. Well, I think too. Cool. A, a comment I have is just like the spot that you have on coffee. Like it's just it's the coolest <laughs> spot. Like it's just so so like what's an adjective I could say like neat like oh. fitting. I think yeah, very like fitting a, for a craft brewery. Right by like, the tracks, yeah, you're in the junction. Like it's the most. You think you're industrial, but then bam, you have this really cool brewery yeah. spot. It's awesome. You have the most junction brewery, <laughs> which I don't mean to offend <laughs> junction brewing, but like it's just such a it's it's just like the most. junction brewing's no longer in the junction. I know, I know. <laughs> they're Technically, not. not. They're, yeah, yeah <laughs> their name is uh, is not true, but not, we we still love them. That no, of course they, they we actually do contract brews there, so they're great people. We love them. So we yes have nothing. We love the junction. Yeah. You know that spot is uh, it's it's really interesting because we we initially thought oh everybody's going to come here they're going to come into the tap room um, and they did for a bit but uh, you quickly realize that you know you, you need to sell beer at other places like at bars and restaurants and stuff like that uh, and the the longer we've been there the more sort of people we notice and even three years in there are people from the neighborhood who say, oh my God, how long have you been here? I've never heard of you. I've never <laughs> been here before. And so like, you know, there's a lot of people in the neighborhood, uh, but it is so out of the way. It's so kind of uh, in, a, in this sort of secret location that, you know, it's, it's a little weird. And a lot of people, you know, it's another street like Kothra is a, is a street where people who are stuck in traffic on keel are gonna turn down lloyd and they're gonna try to get around the traffic and they're all mad and everything i feel like we've um we've sort of added a, a little bit to look at last year we had uh, a local artist you know paint the the internal of our of our loading dock mm -hmm. and so like it's a lot more vibrant now it kind of you know it's got this sort of downtown la chic to it and, you know, I remember a few years ago, I went to LA and, and, you know, visited a bunch of breweries and really a lot of California is like that, is that, you know, they, they take over an old uh, industrial space and they just put some cool stuff in it. You know, really all you got to do is put a couple of barrels around and like a couple of twinkle lights and it's like, <laughs> oh, look at little. this. Yeah. Well, that, that's what, you know? that's what actually we were, what we were going for because both of us had been to California and, um, our our tap room you're you're in the brewery like there's yeah. no yeah. like there's no separation oh, wow. between the brewing space and the tap room it's all the same thing That's because right. during during production times when we weren't closed for the pandemic Pete would have to move the tables aside so that he could actually do the work <laughs> and then when he's done we have to move the tables back because that's the brewing space and but when you're there you really get a a, a feeling and a sense of like you're really in there, you're in the brewery. And to go to the, our washrooms are right, you have to pass right past the, the brew house. There's no, there's no ropes, there's no walls, there's no windows, it's all there. Like you can literally touch things as you, as we don't want people to do that, but <laughs> you literally could as you're walking by. It's like, oh, there's the brew house, there's the, there's the fermenting tanks, yeah, there's the yeah. barrels, like everything's right there. Yeah, bottle a few bottles on your way, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was frightened about that at, at first because 
you know, uh, I thought, oh, you know, there could be a kid that comes in and they're just like, what's this? Yeah. But <laughs> clicking levers and turning knobs. Yeah. And... Oh, is, this is looks designed... tasty. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff is designed to, uh, to sort of prevent that. Hasn't happened yet. Let's yeah. say yet. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it will. I. Th- I mean, I think we're we're pretty good at this point. <laughs> there have been a few animal fights in the in the tap room, but you know, dog versus dog. Maris is pretty good. She just you know sits back and just sort of mocks the the dogs that are, have to like behave. <laughs> this is my house. Yeah. Fight outside. Pretty much. Pretty much. She's like, yeah. And she'll, you know, she'll walk by like really deliberately sometimes, like, "Oh, look at me! I'm not on a leash." <laughs> <laughs> the queen, the queen of the. Jungle. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> no, well, I will say, like, just like I feel like you're at maximum cool factor right now with just the facility. Like, it's you're right; it's tucked away. Kind of have to be perhaps maybe like a little in the know of like how to get there and some. If particularly if you're new to the city and it's just like yeah it's it's pretty pretty friggin' cool well we hope we hope to find more people find that it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't keep it too much of a secret it doesn't have to be that much of a secret <laughs> yeah yeah right the balance right of the, yeah. yeah well guys i don't know nick garrett if you guys have any questions but i think we're Kind of oh yeah, we're pushing past. I just, I kind of had one last one, Nick. If you had something after, you can go for it. But just the fact, you know, obviously COVID is top of mind for everyone now, and things are, you know, going, you know, getting better and not getting better, etc. And, and we always, you know, we're obviously working with a number of breweries in the craft beer industry. So we wanted to get your take on, like, you know, how do you think your business, and then maybe how that plays into craft beer overall, will go, you know, is going to move forward after. You know, post-pandemic, what are your thoughts on that? That is a really good question. (laughs) We don't know. So far, we've been able to keep our head above water. Thankfully, you know, home delivery has been a game changer for us. We bought a van and because we were delivering, you know, several days a week. And that kind of saved us. And but, you know, we, we are still really missing the, you know, the bar sales and the restaurant sales. We 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 can't wait for them to come back like really and we can't wait to have people come back in the tap room it's you know one of the things that we did not anticipate was how much money we'd be spending on packaging because everything's going out in bottles and cans and you know we were used to selling more than half of our beer as draft beer and there's a lot less cost associated with that so we've had to adjust to that Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. Uh, every every one of those thirty liter kegs uh, is refillable. Uh, it's a refillable container, and that's thirty liters at a time. You know, that's uh, that's over sixty tall boys, right? Uh, <laughs> that's a lot of cans, and the price of, of aluminum has gone up as well. Um, I've uh, you know some people in the industry have suggested that. Um, there is an opportunity to return to the, you know, sort of uh, golden age, like the the 40s and the 50s, where you're you're delivering bottles and you're picking, you know, like I'm old enough to remember the milkman who used to come uh, and bring you. And granted, it was bags of milk, but 
you know, only a few years before I knew that it was bottles of milk and they were picking up empty bottles, uh, picking up empty bottles, dropping off full bottles. I'm not sure that's ever going to happen. The suggestion is there and it seems really romantic. You know, I, I can remember seeing steam whistle and thinking, wow, they're really capturing that sort of era, that, that kind of thing. And they're doing it really well. They're, they're doing it in style with a green bottle, etc. But people, I think people just want to buy it. Oh, Gilly. My cat, my cat has decided to join us. Sorry. Welcome. Yeah. But I think people, and especially right now, <laughs> we had a licensee uh, just contact us about doing what we call a white label, just doing one of our regular beers and, and their label. And the question came up of, of package size. Uh, and they said, short cans are great. People are just taking them to the park and drinking anyway. <laughs> so people don't people don't necessarily want to bring bottles to the park. They yeah. want to bring cans that they yeah. can just throw away and not worry about. And I mean, you know, uh, I I think it's going to take a while for us to get back to the to the sort of normal that we that we used to call normal. And uh, we're going to keep doing home delivery. I'm pretty sure. I, I should add that um, we've probably attracted a whole lot of new customers yeah. that we never would have had prior to the pandemic because, because we deliver Toronto-wide. There are people in Scarborough who buy our beer now regularly, and those people never would have come to our brewery, ever. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe one. And they probably never will. <laughs> maybe, no, they probably never will because it's, it's, it's too far to go, and, and people try our beer, and thankfully they like it, and they order it again. So we get we have we have a customer base now that will probably never come to our brewery, but because we offer home delivery, they're gonna they're gonna order our beer. So yeah. that's a that's a plus, and that's you know that's a positive that has come out of all of this for us. That's great to hear. Yeah, well, we can't. We I can wholeheartedly say we can't wait to get back out there, and you know, you know, you guys have been absolutely awesome, and and to the point that. That Peter's mentioning before, you know, just staying friendly in the industry. And when Andy and walk, Andy and I just walked into your place and said, "Hey, you mind if we bring tours by here? You guys are super cool about it." So we're, we're you know, as soon as we can get back out there and start doing it, we're, we'd be, you know, we can't wait. So we're hoping things get back to some sort of normalcy sometime soon. Well, I, I really love and I'm impressed with what you guys do. Uh, I think it's um, it's really cool. I love history. I think I mentioned to you before. I used to do rom walks. Um, yeah. Yeah, and right. and you guys are sort of combining like two things I really love, which is really great. I think you're doing it really well. So good yes, job. Thank you. <laughs> so a question for all of you, then how long have you actually been doing the tour with Rolling Hops and People's Pint together? Uh, that's a good question. I think we've been doing it since 2019, I believe. I think that's when we started offering the Junction uh, the junction tour with rolling hops. Uh, we started with the East end and then the West end, and then we quickly added the junction version, um, which features people's Spine. Actually people's Spine is our first stop uh, on the, on the tour. Always the best stop. The first yeah, the best stop, stop is one. what you meant. Greeted yeah. by a furry mascot yeah. and great beer. Yeah. <laughs> we always get the looks though, whenever we brought someone by, because, okay, we're going to our first stop, which is people's Spine. And we start walking down Keel and like, where are we going? <laughs> oh man, where are these guys taking us? And then they're always pleasantly surprised. And like, it's a wonderful warming environment as soon as we get there. But like, when you're walking down, you hit the tracks and they're like, eh, where are we going? Uh, yeah, it, looks pretty, like, it looks pretty sketch when you're walking there, but. <laughs> yeah. 
it's very cool. always worth it always worth it yeah and we were oh. actually peter you're you're you've been our only actually our only brewer on our virtual tours you, you made an appearance which we really appreciated you added a lot of uh, great value to that it was fun and i was really impressed like you guys have some great content really good it's very kind thanks um okay well guys i know we super we really appreciate you guys taking the time super nice always to chat with you doug and peter i guess um i guess that will wrap it up for this evening but if you haven't been people's pint in the junction one of the best spots in all of toronto for wonderful craft beers. just peoplespint.com right uh, that's correct yeah awesome so, yeah yeah so thanks so sure. much for having us yeah. thanks guys Thank Thanks, you for coming guys. on the podcast. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you for listening as well. You can help my podcast grow by sharing my podcast with family and friends and subscribe on whichever platform from where you're listening. Also, check out my Instagram at Beer Got Me Here for beer photos and future beer reviews. For more information on Rolling Hops beer tours, their website and a link to all their media is in the episode description. We will see you in the next episode. Cheers.